0: Barenaked, 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 ABCs! Welcome to the Barenaked ABCs, where we discuss every Barenaked Lady song from 7 to Y. It saddens me, honestly, to say this, but Michelle was searching for Aaron. Uh, She had heard that he was in a lost temple in South America, I received news that she found a golden idol, shaped like Stephen Page, I guess. But someone placed a booby trap on it. I won't mention names, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was the evil Dr. Saker. It was reported that she outran the boulder, but was taken hostage by someone. We're we're doing all that we can to find her, but it might take us some time. In the meantime, we are without Aaron also this week. But before her fall, Michelle sent me a picture of the message that Aaron had left on the bottom of the South American Idol. So I'll be reading that later. But joining me this week is Catherine Cornetta. She is a full-time college administrator, a part-time sports writer, a native West New Yorker, and a long-time Bare Naked Ladies fan. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm also a longtime listener of your podcast. I read it. I not read it. I listen to it on the train every every week going to and from work.
0: Well, it is wonderful that we have a fan on the show. I love having fans on. So Excellent. <laughs> now, how did you come to Bare naked Ladies?
1: Uh, so I grew up in Rochester, New York and in the you know in the 90s and somehow in the 90s every single i mean you either liked dave matthew's band or bare naked ladies when you were growing up in the 90s um and so i chose bare naked ladies (laughs) so um i got my first cd when i was in seventh grade and i got gordon in seventh grade and then um just continued from there um my biggest regret as a teenager was that my parents did not let me go see their famous Lilac Festival concert in 1996. Oh, yes, I wasn't allowed to go, but I was able to go to their record-setting concert in 1998 at the Blue Cross Arena, which is the big is the War Memorial in Rochester, New York. So, um, and since then, I've been to over 20 shows, <laughs> which is kind wow. of crazy to think. Um that one I'm that old and two that I've done that. <laughs> I've gone seen gone to see the same band over twenty times, but here we are.
0: <laughs> now were you able to see them when they did that small intimate show in the round? They did a like a series at one a tour at one point where everything was done in the round uh, on a very small stage.
1: I did not get to see that. no. Oh. there was so. There was a period of time, um, a couple of years where grad school kind of got in the way and uh, I didn't get to see them as much. So, but I really like I would take the summers when I was in college and I'd go see three or four shows on their summer tours. (laughs) Um, And that was around like Maroon. So, and then uh, my senior year of college, my friend Rachel and I decided to go um, on our spring break, and hit up three concerts uh, during of their uh, tour for everything for everyone. So that was wow. that was my wild and crazy senior year, right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, given all of that, given given your long <laughs> history with the band, what's your favorite album by
1: them? That's a good question because I have like there's like you know there's a right the five piece favorite album and then there's the four piece favorite album and um i have to say that that's the way i kind of look at it um and i would have to say for um the whole band favorite album i would have to say stunt just because that was the album that i could bring to my friends who did not like them uh, the uh, like the half of my class, high school class that liked Dave Matthews band and I could say look <laughs> like this is the band I love and you can love them too and this will um, it was such a good introduction to the band for everybody else to bring them into the fandom and to like really understand what the band was all about um, and then post Steve um, I like Grin- Grinning Street <laughs> um, which I know is kind of mm. controversial because it's Nothing, you know, I've, I've listened to other people at other podcasts, other episodes of this podcast. And so, uh, but Grinning Street <laughs> came out, it came out at a time in my life where it was just, I was in my car a lot, uh, driving to a lot of part time sports writing gigs. And it became like my soundtrack of driving out to the middle of Massachusetts, the cover track on a Saturday. So it kind of like, that's why it's, that's my post Steve favorite.
0: Well, that would make sense. Like, yeah. you get most exposure to it, listen to it over and over again, really got to delve in deep with it. Yeah. And it's a pretty fun album also. So. Yeah.
1: It, and, you know, the thing about that album that kind of throws me is your three bonus cuts, bonus tracks, uh, I think are better than some of the regular tracks. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fog of Writing, I Hello, appreciate- I Don't Understand. <laughs> why that wasn't... Originally included, but, you know, I'm not in the record industry. What do I know? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're not covering one off-grinning streak tonight. Yes. We're actually going to cover one. Actually, that's next week.
1: Um, (laughs) Something to listen to on the train.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This week we're covering all... A song off from All in Good Time from two thousand and two. We're uh, two thousand and ten. Boy, oh boy, I'm way off. We're covering Golden Boy. Hey, Golden Boy, don't let the darkness in to take you away from yourself. Um, which is a completely an Ed song. I wish that I had a ton of information about this song. Like, in terms of trying to dig deep and, and gather information on the song, it's hard to do because the only way to get really good information on the song is to delve back into, um, into Twitter back in 2010, which that's a long dive to try to make on Twitter. Um, and I, I, I sat there for a half an hour on, on Bare Naked Ladies' Twitter site and only got like three years back. And I'm like, all right, I can't, I can't possibly sit here unless someone can teach me how to sift backwards through time on Twitter. I'm never going to be able to go back that far because they did actually do a lot of tweets as they were making this album back then.
1: Yes. I remember that, but it is impossible to go back 10 years on Twitter. I try because in my, in my sports writing work, it's actually great to like find like play by play of games I've covered or events I've covered and I can't even find my own account from 10 years ago <laughs> so, so let alone somebody else so
0: as you know we don't have Aaron tonight looking online the only thing I was able to find and and this could be incorrect toonbat.com has been known to be incorrect at least I believe Aaron over toonbat um, but Toonbat says that it's B-flat major At 134 beats per minute Which makes sense It's a pretty fast tune uh-huh. Now here's here's one of the interesting things I did pick up looking through all this This song has only ever been played in concert twice <gasps> According to setlist.fm Like, And this was during the opening tour of this album For All in Good Time They played it twice And that was it And it was months apart
1: well, I could see that because I've been to, what, eight shows since this came out, and I've rarely heard an all-in-good-time song, and in recently, they haven't played anything off that album at all, so... No. Like, in the shows I've seen recently, um, so and I've never heard this one live, so that's... I don't know. I, and we won't
0: get to it for another year... But Let It Be Light, which was their like their their one-off extra that they added onto this album. Even that got played seven times during this tour. This got two plays.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: That's And it's yeah. weird because this isn't like one of those soft ballads that they're like, okay, yeah, we're not gonna deep cut into this. This is a rocker. Like this this has some real speed and and power to it.
1: Well, here's my I've kind of come up with a theory. Like, I have a theory about this song. And I also have a theory about why they don't play songs from this album often. And I think it's because um, this album, came, you know, it's the first without Steve. And it's the first where Ed has to cr- really carry the vocals, except for, you know, the few songs they have of Jin and Kevin. Um, and I think I think they really worried about tiring his voice out. Um, and you can mm. see that in just, you know, through social media posts, through their more recent tours on Instagram and everything. There are points in tours where his voice is like, you can tell it's not, not where it was at the beginning of that tour. Um, yeah. And I really think these songs are so, like, Ed was trying so hard vocally on all the songs on this album. They're They're kind, they're... Maybe afraid to insert them nowadays. Um, Especially in long tours, like the one they just did this summer with, um, why did I forget his name? Hootie and Blowfish. Yes. I was like, I wanted to call him Dan Patrick for a minute because he always appears (laughs) on the Dan Patrick show. They went on tour with Dan Patrick. No, they didn't. It's Darius Rucker.
0: No, that would be interesting.
1: I would go to, I would like, quit my job because I'm addicted to Dan Patrick. <laughs> I would quit, uh, quit my job and I love my job, but I would quit it and I would like go to every single stop on that tour. Bare Naked Ladies opening for Dan Patrick and the Danettes, Yes, <laughs> totally. But yeah, that's my theory about why they don't play all the good time songs.
0: I, I like that theory. And I also like one of the things that backs that up is the one video that they have of them playing this live, which was, there's only two, as I mentioned that they were as listed on set FM. There was one, there was one concert that did get filmed off that tour at the beginning of the tour. And his voice was not there for this song. Um, if it's right that it's in B flat major, that is not a typical key for Ed to sing it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's actually pretty high for him. And I mean, he can hit higher notes, but for him to stay on that key throughout a whole song, I think is not a normal, normal key pattern for him to be doing. And it didn't sound right. It didn't sound good throughout that whole song. So that they might have been like, you know what, this is hard to do in concert back to back with all these other songs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And and if you, I, I really think the only All in Good Time song I think I've heard live multiple times. Uh, it might be you run up. Would it even be you run away? I don't, I mean,
0: I don't know. They don't play like that tour. I think they really, they really hit that one. Yeah. Um, they were kind of trying to define who they would, they were going to be. And, so, and that was their single off the album. So I think they hit that a lot on that tour, but not much after I'm actually looking at yeah. up on set lift, right now. Um, it's going to take me a minute, though, because it's at the very bottom of the list, yeah. alphabetically. Um, we'll hit that, like, never.
1: In five years. <laughs> that's what it feels invite like. Invite me yeah, back <laughs> in five years. I'll be okay, in my 40s. Totally. It'll be great. My <laughs> kids will be older. It'll be fantastic.
0: So I think you're right. Like, they hit You Run Away 109 times, and almost every single one of those— was in the year to year and a half following that album and then they haven't played it again since 2015. Yeah,
1: and it's You Run Away I Feel Like is one of is the very rare Baron ranked lady song that sounds better on the album than live. And I I would yes. say probably a lot of the All in Good Time songs probably fall into that category as well.
0: And i'm looking it up because i want to see I, I i like your theory and i'm trying to see are there any other songs that i like off the album that we would be good in concert i mean and looking at it in concert i can't I, I love a lot of these songs like four seconds which we already covered i love yeah. four seconds but it's not a concert song and i love summertime which we'll get to in four years um but once again, it's not a concert song. None of these songs are really concert songs, really.
1: Yeah. Like, The Love We're In would be, they could only play that at, like, a small show. And I feel like they only right. have.
0: Yeah. So this isn't their, their really their rocking album where they can really do that. Yeah. But that brings me back again to, like, this is a rocker. Like, why have they not come back to this as, like, like part of their deep well and i think the other part of the reason they haven't done that is what the song is about which we haven't even started yes. to delve into but i think it's about time to delve into what this song's about and why they don't come back to it yes. what is your okay. thoughts I'll, I'll get to what i think it's about in a minute but what what are your thoughts on what this song is really about
1: okay so maybe this will disqualify me from being in any future episodes (laughs) but we shall see so
0: (laughs) i don't know we've all been pretty acerbic (laughs) on this show so far so
1: so i have a theory of course i have a theory that's my life i have theories about everything that there are in the post steve world there are things there are songs that fall into the genre of ed steve breakup songs um and I even have a Spotify playlist called Ed Steve Ed Steve breakup songs. And, <laughs> and they are You Run Away, Ordinary, I Have Learned, yep. Golden Boy, mm. Best Damn Friend, Say What You Want and Looking Up. And so Yep. The they might be I feel like if you ask them they're going to say about you know they're about something else, but there's a string in these when, in a lot of them, that you look and they make reference. You could think they're making reference to either the interviews that Steve Page did with Canadian media around the time of the breakup. Uh, you could look at them and say they're about Kevin trying to keep his relationship with Steve while the rest of the band's on the outs. There's that. To me, that kind of that an interview with Jim that stuck with me that said when he said I sent Steve emails about environmental things and he doesn't even respond to those. And I thought we were good. Um, So I feel like Ed and Ed seems to in his songwriting has written about dark times in his life. Leave uh, is like one that sticks out to me. About his brother. Right. So this is a dark time in Ed's life. He lost his best friend since when he was a teenager. He was in a plane crash. His mom died. And so... All within, like, four months of yeah. each other. Like, so you're going to see Ed process through songs. And I think Golden Boy is him processing through something. Um, and you see, like, to me in the lyrics, I'm just pulling him back up, like when he's saying, hey, golden boy, don't let the darkness in to take you away from yourself. I, I feel like that's him saying to Steve, like you got to get out of this funk that has you driving the Syracuse and being with another woman and leaving your wife. And one of these days you're going to wake up wondering how it went down. Then in a day, you're going to wake up, you're going to make up something and wallow around in your room. And I feel like that might be referencing some of the things Steve said to the CBC and um, some other Canadian broadcasters about the breakup that might not have been true. So that is my theory. There's a lot of
0: differences (laughs) between the two groups about what was the actual breakup and what was the actual reasons at that time. Yeah yeah and steven's songs especially in his newest album really kind of reference i think a lot of that as well and him kind of coming to his own terms recently with all of that yeah. um but i think this is ed's album of doing that
1: yeah he did it right off the bat well it took steve a couple of solo albums to do that
0: yeah steve was still kind of in denial at the moment i think and Ed was past denial, as happens in a lot of relationships. Like, one of them is much further down the path of, of recovery and grief than the other one is. Because they, they've they been kind of going through the wanting of breaking up long before then. And and I think Ed was much further down the path of wanting this breakup than Steve was at the time. And, and Steve is kind of coming around to it now.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But yeah, I mean... You, you, your list that you came up with i i could see that for every single song that you were listening I'm like yes definitely 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 um and some of them are more shaded and more hidden in there and and hidden and could be meaning other things um although when you take it in in reference to this album i don't think it is mm-hmm. um this one there's no real hiding it I, I like there wasn't anyone arguing online like, no, that's not what this is about. Everyone was very definitive. Like, no, this is definitely a Steve-Ed breakup yeah. song. This is... And my note that I had written down was, like... And I've said it a couple of times, but this is more definitive than any of the other songs. This is the how do you sleep of, of Ed songs. Like... But it's the Canadian version. It's so positive and so caring about the other person. Almost like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to accept you back into my life, but I'm sorry. And I hope you're okay.
1: Yeah. It's, (laughs) I never thought about it this way, but it is rather apologetic.
0: (laughs) It's so funny because you can hear the anger in the song and, and the way it's written with both the music and the lyrics and you can hear that he's done with it. Like, just hang your hat at somebody yeah. else's house. Like, there's no doubt. Like, we're not letting you back. This is over. But I hope you're okay. Like, don't let your hair fall out.
1: <laughs> well, and the hang, just hang your hat at somebody else's house. I really think the whole idea that when you think about how tight knit that group was for so long. And you, I'm sure the wives knew each other especially Steve and Ed's. Mm. And when you you have Steve's divorce as a precursor to this whole breakup thing, um, and I'm sure there was a lot of animosity that goes with, you know, you just left your wife that we all know for so many years for somebody else in another country, even though, you know, Syracuse and Toronto are very, very... Close in terms of yeah, you know how they are with snow, and
0: (laughs) yeah, we're not not, well. We're not talking like thousands of miles apart either.
1: No, Um, and so I I think that line may have sprung from that that whole idea that oh, okay, you're going to somebody else's house now, Um, and I think that's my like that to me is one of the most biting things Ed has ever written because it could be read many ways.
0: Yeah. Well, and earlier in the first verse you have, you know, uh, let me find the line here, but, uh, there's nobody left to make you run. Somebody new, me like, Oh, like boom, right. Yeah. You know, you're running to this new person instead of like trying to take care of you. Like here you are, like trying to run to w- run away from this situation.
1: Yeah. And, um, and the other one, that's very biting to me, is the near to the end where he says, "No, no, no, you're not a quitter. So don't you be bitter. Go, 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 where you'll glitter away." And I think mm-hmm. the last time I saw them as a five-piece um, was at a Gannis Arena in Boston, in around um, I think it was Bare Naked Ladies or Men, and. Having seen them so many times at that point, um, you really felt a tension on stage that Steve wanted to be out front, and, and he carried most of the songs in that concert that I remember, and I feel like that line could be a reference to, you know, Steve being the vocal powerhouse that he is and wanting to, and maybe making Ed feel a little left out.
0: Yeah, no, I and and if you like, we we've re- referenced it before, but on the um, on the ships and dips tour from that year, like you you could be reading into it, and and you know, of course, you know, 20, hindsight's twenty twenty, um, but if you read into it and you look back at the at the songs and the videos off from that tour, off that that cruise. Steve very much is grabbing the limelight on stage and and several times like Ed will be singing and Steve's not even looking at him. He's looking off away from Ed. Uh, He will move to the front of the stage away from Ed, which is not something he ever did before. Like they were Mm -hmm. always this. This is one of those things about them live. That was amazing. They were always even on stage with each other. Neither one would ever upstage the other one. They would always be right there and, and pairing off each other and looking at each other throughout the concert. They were, and in many ways, a a couple yeah. on stage and playing so well off each other. And then they cl- include the other bandmates as well, but it was definitely the pairing of them that made them special on stage. And when you watch them on the Ships and Dips tour, that is gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's very sad to watch them.
1: Yeah. And as it was on um, that last time I saw them, I was just, I remember I got out of the concert. I was, I got back to my apartment because at the time I lived right by uh, the arena and I called my mom and I said, I bet you that's the last time I'll ever see them together. And my mom yeah. who was like, my mom, the chef or you know, I can never say it, my ride to most Bare Naked Ladies concerts until I moved to college. um, She was like shocked. She's like, what are you talking about? Have you been drinking? What are you? No, no, that's not possible. And then, and then I was like, oh, look at that mom. I was right. Should play the lotto. (laughs) Listen to me more often. Yeah. Here I was. Got the sense. There was some tension.
0: (laughs) There's another line in here. Like that whole second verse. Is very. There are parts that aren't biting, but it's a very biting verse. Game set and match. I have to give Mm -hmm. you. You're the man. (laughs) Like, you win. Yeah. But and it's very much like he's fighting with someone without the other person even being in the room.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: it's hard to listen to this song because it is so angry. I mean, he's still being polite, but he is just so mad in this song.
1: Yeah, I. I and then he so... follows it
0: up with that next line, like, "Oh, there's a catch. Everyone sees right through you."
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think to I I think that Ed he thought people did. I don't think Ed thought. I mean, I I am not in Canada. I'm not a Canadian resident, but I from my reading it sounded like people were siding with Steve and I think Ed thought that he would this breakup would happen and I would be like oh Ed I totally understand why this happened you know and the and yep. Canadian sentiment I, I had written a blog post about it at the time when, on my blog which is currently down because my hosting company stinks but, <laughs> but oh. um, I had written a, a blog post about the breakup and the comments of people I didn't know were all very, like, no Ed's in the wrong, this is Ed's fault, Steve is great, this shouldn't have happened. And so I, I feel like that line wow. is um, interesting because it I think Ed thought everyone saw right through Steve, but I don't think that was the case.
0: No, and which is confusing because... I, I, I will admit that I was angry that it felt like, I, I knew that Steve was definitely in the wrong, especially considering all the things that he had done. Um, but I don't, I was angry with Ed that they, they kicked him out. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, here's a man that really needs you. Take a break. Force him to take a break. Send him to rehab. Get him the help he needs. Because this this is a man that is suffering. And you're just shoving him out on the street. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I didn't have all. Like, they'd been fighting for years at that point. They had been problems for years. It wasn't like some quick, sudden thing that that they were like, hey, you ruined our chance with Disney here. Like, because of your your actions. It was a lot deeper. Um and Steven's come to accept, like, no, I, I had some mistakes that I made in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I had to... It took me a while to let go of my anger toward the band.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, you know, one of my former co-workers at the newspaper I used to write for, um, he he was a big, very naked ladies fan. He's about two years older than me. Um, and he won't go see them in concert anymore. Because... Wow. He... If I, you know, post on Facebook, hey, I'm going to see Bare Naked Ladies in concert, very excited. He'll say, oh, no, it's not that bad. It's not Bare Naked Ladies if Steve's not in it. And I'm like, <laughs> but it's like, it, I mean, it may, you could They're argue different. it both sides, but it, it, it's what's on the ticket. So I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and, and it is Bare Naked Ladies. It's, it's without Steven and and the band has moved on but it would be the same as saying it's not bare naked ladies cuz it doesn't have Andy Cregan in it anymore <laughs> i know so. you know you, you you still have the bass group of them that are still there and and their their music has changed they sound different now um but they're still bare naked ladies yeah um there is a couple of lyrics that are online i want to correct them i once again i'm not sure How people are posting incorrect lyrics online, especially ones that are so way off and don't make any sense. Um, (laughs) Especially considering they're in the liner (laughs) notes. Like, how do you not just, like, take them and type them in? Um, So they, in the first verse, it says, maybe it's you only bereft of, and they have it bereft of meeting. I'm like, no, it's bereft of meaning. Meaning. It doesn't even make any sense the way they've written it. Um, And then at the end of the second verse, it says, tell me you wanted something. And it types in, went to the cone that made you explode. I'm like, I'm like, What? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, wait, no, you entered the code that made you explode. Okay, that, in other words, it's all your fault you did this to yourself. Totally makes sense there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I saw those lyrics online. I'm like, went to the cone. I mean, yeah, lots of ice cream shops between Toronto and Clifton Springs. But, you know, there's not, (laughs) I don't think that's what Ed's talking about.
0: No, I I don't think so. But it's amazing how apologetic he is throughout this thing, even though he's angry. Yeah. Now I hope he won't be lonely anymore.
1: (laughs) Exactly. He can't be.
0: He is so Canadian. He's like, he can't be angry without saying, I'm hoping you're okay, though. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I love that about it. I think it's great. It's not a bad quality. It's it's what I love about, and I especially love about Kevin. Like, he is just so, like, caring about other people. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't match the tone of the song. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love the synth that's in this song. Yeah. I wasn't able to hear the synth until I watched the live video, at which point, like, Kevin puts the guitar to the side. He has, he's playing both the synth and then has the guitar and they pull swaps it out halfway through the song. I couldn't hear the synth until I watched the live version of it then. And then all of a sudden, like I could hear the synth throughout the song for the rest of the time.
1: Yeah. And I, it's such a, it's a rocker. It's a layered song. It's re I mean, the instrumentals are great in my opinion. Um, And it really, I don't know, I don't know in 2010 if it would have charted or anything, but I think you had a chance to send it to alt radio or or something because I think you listen to that and then you have to be told it's Bare Naked Ladies. You don't necessarily know right off the bat. And I think there is an audience that song could have grabbed that they don't usually get. Like when yeah. they, I mean, they sent leave the country radio. Then um, they sent I could have sworn they sent something else recently, the country, to see if it would chart. Um, and I think, I mean, it would have been worth a chance to see if golden boy would have made a dent somewhere.
0: And it's like they went with You Run Away, which is an odd choice to kind of go with to represent themselves because it's not it's not representative of what the rest of their album sounds like, nor what their new sound is really like most of the time. Yeah, I think this song is much more definitive of what their new sound is.
1: Yeah, but I think did they know that at that point? Like, did they know that it was going to be faster or more rocking and, and everything? Or was this a, you know, you run away feeds into what the media talk had been around the breakup in a way that, yes, Golden Boy is about the breakup, but you run away is much more like, I miss you. I hope you're, like, it's, like, when you think about <laughs> the way they wanted to paint the breakup, this, I mean, you run away, makes them look a lot better than Golden Boy does.
0: Yes, it actually does. It yeah. does. Maybe this would have been a good secondary kind of song to kind of break, to, to patch that up. Um, or, or to follow it up with, rather than every subway car.
1: Yeah. Which, I
0: mean, I like every subway car, but I think this would have been the better song to kind of go with for, for what they were going with.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, every every uh, subway car is a skip for me. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a nice <laughs> song, but it's just like, oh, yeah. Maybe I spend too much time on subways. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, we discussed before, there are some problems with that song, anyways. <laughs> we at a log on the airways would like to remind you a little bit about our competition i mean have you heard these other guys hey how's it going today thanks for listening to our radio station hey what the hell is that you need a show that has a lot more humor but this right here's another hit for you turning up as loud as you can and party as if if you wanna hear something that is not from some Lily Liver, no humor pansy, then take a listen to A-Log on the Airways every Saturday night from 7 to 10 Eastern Standard Time only on Madmusic.com and Archive.org. Not a bad idea now, is it? Um now what I don't have and I looked it up and I tried to find it and without actually because I don't actually go out and buy singles most of the time unless I'm trying to find the, the B-side, because it's not available to anywhere else. I could not find what the B-side was off You Run Away. I think this would have been a good B-side for You Run Away. Yeah. I, I think it paints that other know, side of the picture. Have
1: you, kind of on this theme, um, on, well, on that point, there was an article, and I want to say it was Dave Holmes, Um, an Esquire who wrote about how this is, so this time period is kind of lost to us in terms of singles because of the rise of digital music. And so Mm. it's going to be harder to find what the B-sides were on singles because Mm -hmm. we bought them all online um, on iTunes, on, on, you know, when Napster had that paid option on whatever we were using at the time. And now, you know, that's like six computers ago now. And now we have Spotify, so we don't need to worry about transferring digital files. But then it's going to get to this point where we we don't have a record of what the B-side was on on, right. on the things that we bought at the time.
0: And it's hard to find any of the hard copies. I don't know if there were any hard copies made of that single.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. That might have been the so, first uh, album that there wasn't sing- like a hard copy single because it's 2010. Yeah.
0: Luckily I have like four years to figure that out. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess my point is like, this would have been the good, if, if they did have it and they, and it wasn't this, I don't know why they didn't choose this for that, for the other side. Like this would have been a good, like other, other way of looking at that breakup and, and what they're trying to say.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Um, do you have any more? Like, I don't have a lot about the music. It, it, it's very quintessential, kind of rocking BNL. It's kind of what what BNL kind of does when they do rocking songs, and, and it definitely sounds a lot—at at least on the better end of all of their newer stuff. But it sounds a lot like their newer stuff.
1: Yeah, the vocals are strong, um, but they're also studio produced. You can tell there was. A lot of production done to them, um, but yeah. the instrumentals are really, really good. Like, and you can tell. I mean, Kevin did a great job on his contributions, as he always does, in, in that song in particular.
0: Yeah. Do you have any other notes for this song?
1: No, you didn't laugh at you know laugh me off when I said I have an Ed Steve breakup song playlist. So, I was like, <laughs> let's get that out early. Um, and <laughs> I make sure that people don't laugh me off the show. So um, oh, no. that's about, So that's everything I had.
0: All right. So we're gonna go with the with the five point scale tonight. Um, and this week, since it's Golden Boys, I think that the, the there's one of two ways to go with this. But we're not. We're in America. I don't know the trophies well enough in Canada, and I apologize, Canada. So we're going to have to go with Oscars. How many Oscars do we give this song? So I, I'll start off um, just because I want to give you some time to kind of think about this. Um, I, I like this song. It's not like in the pantheon of the, the upper quadrant of, of songs here. Um, but I definitely enjoy the song. Um, I, I wouldn't turn it off. But at the same time, it's really hard for me to listen to this song because of the, the passive-aggressive anger that's in this song. Uh, and there's no hiding it. It's the same reason I can't listen to, you know, How Do You Sleep? Even though it's a beautiful John Lennon song, I can't listen to it because I love Paul McCartney. Yeah. And I can't listen to him put Paul McCartney down.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but when I, when I say, like, hey, you want to hear really good songwriting? Go listen to, do you, how do you sleep? Like that is like quintessential, like bare sarcasm written into poem. Um, I, I think this is really well written. He's, he's not hiding it, but at the same time, I love the edisms of apologizing for stuff and, and feeling like he's still standing his ground. Um, I, oh, I struggle. I like this a lot more than I do every subway car. Um, I like it better than best damn friends. Um, I'm probably like, just uh, probably me just cringe. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm not saying best damn friend is one of my favorite songs. It's just fits on the playlist. <laughs> mm,
0: do I like it better than four seconds? I don't think I do. And I'm actually trying to find it. I can't even find my score. I gave four seconds. Uh, no, I don't like it better than four seconds. I'm going to give this a solid 3.5.
1: Okay. I will do a 3.75 because this is the one song on All in Good Time that I will always go back to. If I've had a bad day and I don't have my kids in the car, this is the song that I blast while driving down 95 here in Boston. Um, (laughs) Like, this this is my... My one of my go to's and it and and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, because I think it's such a it's just I don't know, it's a fun song to me because of the different layers. And and you can, you know, every time I listen to it, I think of something else like, oh, that line might be referring to this. This line could be referring to that. And look at Ed, get out that aggression. And, you know, like. kind of you the first time i listened to it i was like you go girl like tell us what's going on like tell us your thoughts get it all out ed you're all good we're good we're gonna move on from this we're gonna be yeah and and some i don't know <laughs> it, it's like ed empowerment in a song so 3.7 not the I best like, it. I like it. not the best bare naked lady song in the world i'm gonna give you no. that but <laughs>
0: It is still high up on this album, though, so. Yes. Um, So my appearance this week is, an it's not an actual appearance, it's an interview that they did around the All in Good Time album. Um, It's one of, it's a really interesting interview that that they have, um, and I think one of the most definitive statements, and I think it ties really well to this song, which is why I wanted to include it this week, is they asked Ed, like, they they were asking him about the the music on this album, and he said, and, and about the breakup. And his response was, "I still feel tied to him and responsible for him." And it makes me, yeah, your your face. It makes me so sad that that's how he feels about about Stephen at this point in in his life um of course he feels tied to him but the fact that all this time and still at that moment he felt responsible for steven is so sweet but just so sad too that he's he's fighting with himself over that situation um and talking about the album he says it sounds like us but more raw which once again i think sounds a lot like this album this song um and, and then they said, do you need to know the traumatic history to understand to get this album? And he said, I don't think so. We're, we're trying to convey emotionality. But the backstory, some, backstory sometimes illuminates where that's coming from. And I think that speaks, again, really wonderfully to this song and what, what's happening in this song. So I, I recommend It's a really good article. There's some really funny parts in it as well. So I, I'm going to put it up there. I recommend people go out and, and read it. It's it's actually really cool.
1: Excellent. I will definitely. I'm sure I read it at the time, but I want to read it again.
0: I like going back and rereading some of the stuff now and and seeing it with different eyes. Yeah. So, Catherine, can you do you have any plugs that you would like to put out there? Any any pa- places that people can go out and and see oh stuff that you've done or listen to stuff that you've done?
1: Um. You can always find me on Twitter. I'm at cat Um it cat with a K. Um. And I try to link to all my stuff there. My website is sportsgirlcat.com, though it is currently down because my website host is being <laughs> but hopefully by the time this uploads, that it will not be down anymore. So sportsgirlcat.com. Um I uh, freelance write about sports, and if there's any Canadians listening, I do freelance write about figure skating and women's hockey, which are two of your favorite things So up there in Canada. So um, <laughs> please feel free to read uh, any of the stuff that I link to on Twitter um, because you might enjoy it. I mean, it, it's ice sports. Ice sports are wonderful. So,
0: That's right. Yeah. They, they, I love ice sports, but there, there's one problem with them. I cannot skate. I, I am totally a person that I, I'm a walker. I cannot skate in the least. Uh, you put me on skates and my natural thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to walk and mm-hmm. and just over and over again. Like it doesn't look right. Cause the whole time I'm trying to walk. Um, and I, I'm just going to walk on the skates. Um, Speaking of which, that's our song for next week, Is Gonna Walk. Um, Ah, (laughs) That was me really reaching for the cover on that one.
1: (laughs) Now, how many times has that been played? Because I'm pretty sure it's probably in the thousands. (laughs) Because even my husband, who had not seen Bare Naked Ladies until he married me, can sing that song every single line because he's seen it in concert so many times. (laughs)
0: I, I was just going to say, we're, we're going to talk next week more about it, but we went from a song that's been played twice in concert, and next week we're going to be discussing their quintessential hit that they play in every concert since they're
1: a foursome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the deep cuts to the, oh my gosh, can you not play that again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you got to love it. Like, this is just random based on alphabet, but it, I love when those nice little uh coincidences happen so yes
1: (laughs) it works out well it makes for good podcasts
0: well catherine thank you so much for joining us you were a delight to have on Uh, you're welcome back anytime of course because it was a really fun conversation well
1: thank you so much for having me and i'll always listen and i will come back whenever you'll have me
0: (laughs) and for everyone else thanks that was fun That was fun Don't forget No regrets Except maybe